Hello, my name is Rebecca Ferretti and earlier this week I caught up with the lovely Dylan Cartledge to talk all about what he's been up to at the moment and his brand new single Molasses. If you're not familiar with Dylan, he's an alternative hip-hop artist from the northeast of the UK and a thoroughly lovely guy and fascinating to talk to. So without further ado, here it is, episode one of Off The Record with Dylan Cartledge. Hi! Uh, hello! Hey Bex, how are we doing? Hi, I'm good. Oh, I love the background. Hey, thank you very much. I thought I call you from the yeah the far reaches of the space. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so how are you doing? Uh, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, just obviously, yeah, just in in lockdown, uh, like uh, everybody else, and yeah. hoping that you know uh, everybody's getting through this as as safe and well as possible. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's quite. It's quite. Um, well, it's just quiet, really. Um, where are you calling us from? Uh, so I am calling you from uh, Middlesbrough. I'm currently, yeah, I currently live in Middlesbrough, uh, which is where I live with my fiance. It's where I'm, I'm currently kind of locked down. Yeah, it's nice. Are you originally from there? Uh, no, originally from uh, originally from Stoke-on-Trent. Originally from, uh, yeah, I'm originally from Middleport and Stoke actually. Oh, Stoke. That's really close to here actually. I thought I could no. detect the accent, but I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> no way, you're from, you're from Stafford, I mean, it's yeah. Stafford FM, right? Yeah. And then it's, just, it's super, it is super close, I still have lots of family in Stafford. And I, I, and I always remember, yeah, I always remember just coming through Stafford, um, yeah, just seeing family and stuff, and it's a cool place. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. So um, how did you first sort of get started in music then? What's the bit of the background there? Um. So, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I lived in Stoke um, up until about 16 years old. Um, I kind of, yeah, I had a little bit of a turbulent upbringing. I had a, you know, a little bit of a rough childhood and, and that kind of left me, yeah, I kind of, through that, began kind of like rapping about my experiences, you know, and kind of tried to turn like a little bit of a negative situation into a positive one. And that's really how I began to, yeah, how I began to get into music was through through rapping. Um, and then I moved up here uh, with my foster family and then yeah I ended up just like yeah taking that further and learning a few instruments and I went to to college and just yeah just really pursued it I was in a couple of bands for a few years for, for a few years and then yeah I came and, and started up doing this solo project that I'm doing now that's good how long have you been doing this solo project then I'd say the solo project I've been doing now I've been doing for about five years I want to say five years yeah um so yeah, I've been doing the solo project longer than I was doing the band stuff now. So mm. I, I guess I can I can just yeah officially call myself a solo artist now. Yeah, definitely. So how long do you think it's taken you to sort of like get to where you are now? Oof. Um, yeah, I would say obviously from like a from I guess like a I guess from a working perspective, I like I've been doing it full time for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously before then, you know, obviously the band stuff and whatnot. I'd say it's taken me around about 10 years in terms of like, you know, going from, you know, being in a in like a part-time band and, and kind of, you know, doing it as a hobby and tr- eventually transitioning to doing it full-time. But, I, uh, you know, like I say, when I was um, when I was younger and I kind of made a, a decision to try and do something positive and to try and make a statement, you know, about my experiences and, and, and kind of like, you know, my relationship with music, I, have, you know, hoped that I could get, be in a position where I can kind of like 
bring that you know dream into f uh, fruition and, and make a body of work like about that stuff you know since 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 i was a kid so i've pro probably been doing that for more like you know probably more like 13 14 years but yes yeah, so something around that time i would say yeah. and um like listening to your music there seems to be like someone asked me to describe your sound and i was like well it's so many sort of genres i wasn't quite sure how to put it under some like term because there seems to be like influences they're like some funk some like hip-hop stuff there's like rapping and i'm like I don't, what, what would you how would you describe your music to someone that's not heard it before uh yeah well i guess you know we live in an age now where whereby you know it's far more likely that you're gonna you know you're gonna be hearing an uh, an artist like uh you know oliver tree or gus dapperton or oh, yeah, you know remy wolf and and you know those artists and i guess art, art, artists today you know people kind of in i guess in our generation is kind of like there's far more, yeah, there's just far more mix. It's kind of like our parents who are maybe more in kind of like one tribe where like, oh, you know, I like classic rock, you know, dad rock or whatever, you know, I like this, I like that, you know, I kind of like this. But I think that now because everybody's exposure to all different cultures and stuff is so like, yeah, just so easily accessible and everybody's so much more influenced by culture and music all over the world that like, you know, I think music is and genre is far becoming a term that gets used less and less and it gets harder to use. It seems yeah. like it's becoming like a bit of an outdated term. But I, if, if I had to kind of categorise or whatever, I would say I put it under the like the alternative hip hop umbrella. Like I'd say, you yeah. know, I'd say, I, I'm, you know, I'm a rapper and I, my hip hop is my bread and butter. But I have, you know, lots of love for, you know, soul, gospel, blues, uh, just a mix of stuff. And I think it just, yeah, hopefully just kind of encapsulates kind of the kind of weird cookie black guy I'm really having. Yeah, so you mentioned like influences and stuff there. Who would you say has had the most sort of influence over the songs you're creating now? I'd say uh, my biggest influence is probably uh, Kid Cudi and not necessarily from a musical standpoint, more just mm. that, you know, Kid Cudi was the first artist and it had a profound effect on me, but it was the first artist that I heard, you know, uh, when I wasn't necessarily having a you know a great time and I felt like his music really I uh, really resonated with me and you know connected with me in a way and I kind of feel like you know everybody's relationship with music is kind of subjective and everybody has their own thing but it's natural because you know with the you know the highs and lows in life or whatever I think there's certain you know songs that people attribute to certain phases in their life sometimes good things sometimes bad things good memories bad memories and, and you know and I think that music really has the power to really be a real special and, and kind of deep thing for a lot of people and yeah Kikudi's music was the first example of music that I heard as an hip, like a hip-hop artist that like it was you know on, on the radio at that time at least was far mm -hmm. more about you know his struggles and his you know his demons and how he wasn't having you know the greatest time and that that was okay and that you know he seemed to wonder in his music if you know other people felt the same way and it was a Far Cry from 50 Cent in the Club, even though I love that yeah. very much so as well. It kind of like, I found that harder to relate to. Like I wanted to be 50 Cent in the Club, but I think I'm more, I'm more related to, to Kid Cudi, I think. That's really interesting, yeah. So um, talking about like your musical process and stuff like that. So when you're writing a song or coming up with a new project, how does that normally happen? Do you start with like an idea or does like the music just, just happen and then you work from that? Um, it, it's a mix really. It's usually, yeah, it's usually uh, like, you know, I kind of hear it in my head and kind of work backwards from there. I have a little idea uh, that might be a baseline or a chord structure. 
Um, many a times it started, you know, before I, I guess it, because this is the, the biggest part of the, a massive part of being an artist, I guess, for me mm. at least, and like a really, what can separate like a lot of, you know, people who, I guess, I guess, of you know, really productive artists and less productive artists, and not that it's necessarily about productivity, but one of the hardest things to, to conquer is how to process your ideas, like, it's yeah. like um, I find that I speak to a lot of people who are artists that get tons and tons of ideas but uh, like me I was just you know massively kind of wasteful I was almost like oh well you know my whole attitude was like oh well if if an idea is good you know I get all these ideas but if one's good it'll stick around and then I'll use it you yeah. know um, but then I began to like you know record them or whatever um, I nearly got fired from a call center job I was working at because I um they they kind of remotely monitor your calls and one day yeah. I've been calling to work they were like Dale listen we need to you need to have a we need to have a talk da, 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 this has come up I was like okay what is it because like we well, need to listen and so you know I was working at a bank on this call center and somebody called through and I was, I was like oh hi you're freezing down blah blah and they were like you know whatever and then I was like oh sorry I need to put you on hold a second and I was like oh or whatever you know just like making like random noises or like yeah. coming up with an idea uh and they were like you know this is a, this this kind of problem this can't happen and so yeah that basically you know i not even not even a call center would stop me from making ideas and so you know for me it, it very much starts with like random noises or just like little maladies i have and then it's been you know i just i guess the hardest thing about about that then is just i guess finding a way which is different for everybody to you know articulate that sometimes it's the bass sometimes it's just the microphone sometimes it's keys um but for me it's usually bass bass or, or keys first i wonder what the call center are thinking now about your your music and stuff <laughs> <laughs> do you think, do you, think um, you heard from them uh no thank god i haven't yet i mean touch one touch one you yeah. know who knows maybe if things don't go so well they'll probably hear from them again and then you know <laughs> Uh, but you know, touch what I haven't heard from them yet, and I think that's only a good thing. So, um, with the new song Molasses, can you tell us a bit about the story behind that? How you came up with that one? Yeah, so um, with Molasses, so it's kind of like I wrote that song. So, how I was talking earlier about um, obviously for me, it was all about you know trying to make an artistic statement, and you know coming from kind of from the background I come from, and trying to kind of turn that into something positive. Uh, for the longest time, it was kind of like just, I guess, a bit of a pipe dream. Like I said, I worked in a call centre, I worked in a bar, like lots of other, you know, musicians who could start out busking or whatever. It was just, uh, it was very much a pipe dream and I never was sure if it was ever actually going to become a reality. And then when it did become a reality, it was like crazy and all this crazy stuff happened. I went to, to America for the first time. I got to play Glastonbury, I got to play Ridden and Leeds. And it was really about the feeling um, of, and I ended up in a situation where basically this this idyllic idea of the, you know, this body of work that I wanted to make, yeah. it didn't quite come out in the way that I wanted to because it ended up, you know, coming out in several EPs and stuff. And so, mm -hmm. and I ended up when I was, you know, coming towards like releasing a larger body of work, uh, being in a situation whereby, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to work out that way because, you know, two or three years had passed since I'd had this, you know collection of music mm -hmm. and, and it was a little bit fragmented there was old stuff there was new stuff it was just a little bit eclectic and didn't really have a focus but you know my uh whole thing was having this focus and I, I really just at that point I had this kind of like this uh I guess a little bit of a dissonance and a bit of conflict around the idea of like 
what I was expecting of myself and how I felt. Um, and I guess it was really just, uh, yeah, I guess it's really like everybody probably experiences it whereby, you know, when you're the most, you know, confident, um, ambitious, uh, you know, kind of dreaming version of yourself, you lay out all sorts of plans, you, uh, you know, say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, da, 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 da. And then, you know, sometimes you find yourself, you know, the, the kind of energy plug gets pulled from you sometimes at the probably the most inconvenient times. Uh, and it's about that initial feeling of like trying to, I, I, I guess when you, uh, yeah, I guess when you, when you're trying to find the person that made all those promises or, you know, made all those plans and you don't quite feel yourself. And, and it's kind of like that initial feeling of, of, I guess, just, yeah, in trying to, trying to get back to to feeling yourself but acknowledging that you're like you're gonna have to take it easy or that things haven't quite gone the way you wanted them to go when you initially planned them how has the past year sort of affected the music that you create now as to the music that you made before i'd say in terms of the in terms of the process it it is different but it it, but i think most musicians would agree it kind of like i wish that it it did make much of an impact but we're pretty much like been lockdown pros before lockdown was a thing because we usually Mm. just you know if you if you see any mixing engineer shout out all to all mixing engineers and producers right but if you meet any mixing engineer any producer it's like some you know i don't know like you know turtle wizard that's assigned to a little a, a weird little hut or a hole somewhere or usually in a basement sat for eight 12 hours a day just listening to the same song on repeat so uh, and that's coming from you know myself as, as as being a producer as well and i think it's just like yeah i'll be the first person to admit that we're the you know we're the sort of underbelly of 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 uh you know working alone and, and being weird and da 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 so I think that um, in that sense, it wasn't the massive, it wasn't the biggest change in the world and it wasn't like a, a crazy shock. But at the same time, the one thing that um, had the most profound effect, I think, was the, for me, a big part of collaborating with people and creating songs is the sort of the magic in the room is like, you know, being yeah. in a room, having a connection with somebody. And I guess it's the same for everybody in all, you know, facets of work or whatever. There's something, you know, special about working with people and, and I guess getting to know people and I, there's, there's something for me I feel like when you make a song with somebody or you collaborate with a producer or a mixing engineer it's kind of like a little snapshot into the song itself ends up being a little snapshot into like where the people that are involved making that song are in their lives at that point in time yeah. and they're kind of like you know you're never kind of in the exact same place ever again so it's it's, it's interesting but you know, doing it over Zoom. I've basically written a whole uh, a whole album over Zoom, um, and it was it was difficult because it, a lot of that you know the the in room magic or whatever has been taken away, and it feels so impersonal. It feels like you know, at least to me personally, I you know, uh, someone who really appreciates that, and it felt really impersonal, a little bit cold. And it, yes, it, I guess it, to be honest, it, it kind of like. Uh, it, it kind of makes it feel like, you know, a lot of that magic in the room stuff is just waffly jargon because like when you actually do get on a Zoom, you find that instead of, you know, making a song over two days or, you know, eight hours, you end up doing it in four hours because all the all the BS is just totally cut straight out and you're not going for a tea, you're not talking about Coronation Street, you're not doing whatever. <laughs> You're just making a song and, you know, if not, you're just going to be awkwardly sat on Zoom, like looking at each other. So you can't really just twiddle your thumbs, you know. Uh, I think they've found a way to like speed run making songs. So 
um yeah that was the main difference i would say you mentioned an album there is do we have a debut album do you think coming anytime soon uh yeah there, there will be um you know there will be a body of work for me uh coming in the near future um i can't say exactly when but um definitely uh in the near future um i would say probably this year you will hear you know a new project from me that's been you know longer than the projects uh, i've done in the past and it's really you know my life's work in, it, in a way yeah i'd say is that everything you've got planned for this year or is there anything else that you're going to be doing this year uh, yeah i think it, it, it's it's very much at the moment it's just um you know putting songs out i think it's it massively depends on what's happening right now mm-hmm. i would love to say you know i've got x y and z planned but every time i said that last year it ended up just being like Corona, you know, the Corona, the great equaliser of, 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 of plans came along. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to be devil's advocate or, you know, jinx myself. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to say I hope that, you know, the things that I do have planned, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to go out on tour. I'd love to be able to go, uh, you know, play some shows in America, etc. But, you know, we'll see what the world's like in, in a few months. I hope so too. I hope so. It's been so long since I've been to a gig. I've had like so much withdrawal symptoms, you know. It's just like being in that atmosphere. It's just there's nothing you can't really compare it to anything else, can you? No, this is true. And did you have uh, any plans or anything, you know, that have been totally eradicated by this whole thing? Anything, you know, uh, to do with like, were you studying or working or how has things changed for you? And in terms of like radio and stuff, I wanted to start putting on like a night, like getting artists and bands down because there's not much of a scene in Stafford. We've only got like one music venue. So I wanted to try and create a bit more of a scene and help like smaller bands and stuff and put a night on. It doesn't think that'll happen for a while. Oh, I mean, we'll see. But, uh, you know, when things open back up, that's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be lots of bands raring to go after this whole thing. <laughs> what's what's like the first gig that you want to see when you can go out and see gigs again oh damn i, I think i'd just be happy to see anything uh, mm. i think just somebody on stage plugged in yeah. with people would be a dream because <laughs> because at this point in time it feels like I, I i'm constantly flirting with the idea that is it like you know are we going to get back to normal or is this just like every dystopian movie ever made i mean mm. like you know sci-fi disaster movie or you know kind of like Minority Port or The Matrix or you know any sci-fi dystopian movie you can think of is this like is this the start of that it's yeah. like you know kind of, I feel like for you know for years it's you know kind of been like oh you know there's been all these cool movies and people are like oh my god that could happen yeah blah blah <laughs> and then I think that like every meme in you know 2019 and 2020 it's just been like you know the climate's been crazy the world's been to halt the viruses you know come out it's just like literally like crazy I, I feel like the next gig will be like I don't know, like Will Smith and I Am Legend, like that's the gig yeah. in front of mannequins. Uh, like that's the vibe, I think, to be honest. What do you think of like the virtual gigs and stuff? Is that something you would consider doing? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a couple of things uh, that I've tried. I think for me, it's just, I guess, necessarily about kind of figuring figuring a setup. Because I, I have a kind of, I have a really like really bad asthma, so I have to really keep out the way of this thing. Mm. And so there's, there was the option to kind of, you know maybe get together in a venue of, of some sort, you know, uh, with my with my bandmates and play together. Uh, but I know that my bandmates, uh, just like I am, are, you know, Corona, super Corona spreading, you know, microbe hoarding vessels to stay away from. Uh, and so, yeah, it would just be a way of like, you know, figuring out to do it uh, here at home, uh, probably on my own with, you know, 
a bass or keys or a backing track or something. But um, I imagine that, you know, as more music comes out, I will fashion some way to, you know, be able to perform on Zoom and, you know, and just have a, have a good time. You know me, I, I uh, yeah, I've been doing like little IG live things where I've just been doing silly little question and answers and doing stupid little freestyles and stuff. So, you know, I'm still figuring it out, but I'm sure that as the music comes out and, you know, as, as things start to, to move and progress, I'll, yeah, I'll, no doubt I'll be doing some sort of virtual gig or tour, depending on what the situation is like. That'll be good. That'll be good. Um, so have you picked up any sort of like skills or anything in the past year then? Like any sort of Corona hobbies? The, the uh, I think apart from the, the obvious art of not, how, of how not to kill your family, I think. Yeah. Uh, as everybody <laughs> has picked up in that time. Uh, I've... Um, me and my fiance we've been cooking lots we hadn't cooked before um we, i used to consider like you know uh turning the oven on or putting the kettle on like strenuous uh strenuous gourmet <laughs> cooking uh which was a real bad thing and then basically you know for, since then i'm a massive ramen lover we've learned how to make ramen it's actually ramen night tonight so i'm buzzing about that <laughs> uh and yeah we, we just we've been cooking a load i guess we've watched a load of uh you know movies and tv shows you never would have watched and yeah i guess you know the hobbies uh apart from like i say learning how to not kill your family and how to you know put the world to rights and, and moan <laughs> about everything to do with politics uh nothing nothing too too crazy how about yourself Oh, I was one of these ones that at the start was like, I'm going to learn eight new languages. I'm going to be able to do like backflips <laughs> and stuff. And then really I've made, I've learned to make a red velvet cake and that's all I've done. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. the, the great thing is, the, the great thing is the ambition is there, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people, a lot of people would have been like, I'm going to learn how to make a red velvet cake and ended up learning how to make nothing. So yeah. the fact that you started off like, you know, I'm going to be a polyglot, I'm going to travel the world, I'm going to do that, and ended up with the red velvet cake. I mean, they do say, aim for the stars and you'll get somewhere close. So I think that, yeah, that's definitely a good move. Okay, so I've got a bit of a quick fire kind of round for you now. So favourite venue to play? Favourite venues to play? Um, definitely the Sugar Mill and Stoke. I'm a big fan Aww. of Sugar Mill and Stoke. Um, I really like there's a venue in London called Village Underground that I really like um, there is a venue in Bristol called The Feckler which is a ship which is really cool um, and then there's a really cool yeah there's some really cool venues in Cardiff as well that I like Okay. Uh, most embarrassing thing to happen to you on stage? It's usually there's usually something new every gig but <laughs> I would say the most embarrassing thing. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's like there's, there was a time where <clears throat> kind of like, uh, I, I don't know, like just my string snapping and stuff. Like I usually, um, yeah, I usually just like my string snapping or I've had my glasses on the wrong, wrong way around or, or something <laughs> crazy. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think definitely, <clears throat> definitely being like, oh yeah, you're going to be in for the best show of your life, blah, blah, blah. And then just like, ping, my string snaps. So like, hold on a second, we need to stop. We need to start again. <laughs> I just wiped the memory of everything I just said. Um, yeah, I would say my string snapping is, is embarrassing. Um, first album you bought? Ooh, first album I bought. What was the first album I bought? I can't. I want to say it's Kid Cudi. Like my inner like narrative pureness is like 
yeah, you Kid Cudi was the first one, but I, I think I would be lying to myself. I think, <laughs> oh my God, I think the first album I might have ever bought would have might have been like Eminem Curtain Call or something like that, or some <laughs> early, you know, early Eminem album where, you know, you just watch MTV and see him with like a dog on his hand or, you know, like, you know, making parodies and stuff like that would have been the first one, I think. If not that, then uh, Chitty Bang, one of the Chitty Bang albums, yeah. Um, last album you bought? The last album I bought was... I think now, yeah, the last time I bought, I've listened to lots of albums since then, but the last time I bought was when I went from a hipster phase. There was probably my second year of university where, like, you know, your mum or dad or usually your grandparents buy you a, grand, you buy you a, a vinyl yeah. uh, a vinyl player and you're like, you know, because you're like, I'm interested in music, they're like, all right, you need a vinyl player. Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy all these vinyls and listen to them. And then I bought, like, I think I put, you know, your like stereotypical, like, uni, uni album 101 was uh, a Tame Impala album. It was Inner Speaker. Uh, and then I bought uh, Elephant by the White Stripes. And then I, I basically used them once and they've been, like, gathering dust ever since. But I would say those. What is your most played song at the moment? Most played song at the moment? There's a song, yeah, definitely the most played song at the moment. No matter how I try to get away from it, I always come back to it. But it has to be, uh, there's a track on... Benny's uh, Benny's EP, Benny's last EP. It was called Find an Island. And it's just such a bot man. It's such a groove, and I uh, I really dig the songwriting, the production, and everything. It's just a vibe. So yeah, that or, or Photo ID by Remy Wolf because it sounds like a it sounds like a Michael Jackson song. It's crazy. Cool. I've not heard of those, so I'll have to go and listen to them after this. Yes, um, definitely. Uh, who's an artist that you'd most like to work with? Oof, uh, definitely. Um, Big, 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 big fan of Cage the Elephant. I mean, I would love to work with them. Mm-hmm. I, I know the lead singer, Matt Schultz. Uh, he's somebody who suffers from schizophrenia. And it's something that really is, makes, gives the songwriting and the music like such a such an interesting like vulnerability aspect to it. It feels mm-hmm. really vulnerable, but really hopeful at the same time. Um, and I'd like to think it's has some parallels to i guess what i'm trying to do with you know with my music and stuff so mm. i really yeah i really would like to work with uh cage elephant i think um if you could play a character in a movie who would you be Ooh, this is a good one my instincts would tell me to some kind of horror movie because i'm crazy about horror films i've seen like over a thousand horror films and i'm just like crazy about them but to be honest it would have to be either one of two characters because i feel like it's really me like at the core they or me the like characters written about my life and it would either be, uh, it would either be, I forget his name, but Jonah Hill's character in Superbad. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Or it would be uh, Craig Robinson, uh, like the black dude with the afro from Hot Tub Time Machine. Like, I, oh. I, so it basically, it, it, it would basically, you know, it would basically be some type of comic relief character that's got a kind of afro, probably carrying a little bit too much weight. Is like the most lovable character. Where is your favourite place in the world? Ooh. I don't think I've found it yet, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, I would have to say, you know, it's probably, and I'm not saying, you know, uh, keep calm and keep calm and carry on or, you know, that kind of vibe, like, but I have this one spot, like, in Redcar where where I'm kind of from, you know, I'm from Stoke, but I consider Redcar to be a second hometown, and there's this one spot where I live just around the corner from a house, which is on the seafront, and there's this little... Uh, there's like a, a beach and there's a um, a little bench that overlooks the beach. And I used to go there when I was 16. Uh, just, just after I left school, it felt like it felt like Eminem's transition from, from like goofy parody rap to like, you know, hardcore, you know, depressive kind of rap. And I would go and take my, uh, 
you know, Leavers hoodie that I wore that had all the names on the back. And I'd sit on the seafront and write lyrics all depressed, you know. And uh, yeah, I think that was like, you know, probably moody. I think that was really like, you know, one of my favourite spots to be at, even still now. What was the first gig that you went to? The first gig I ever went to uh, will have been... I have no idea what was the first gig I ever went to. It's weird, I never... Oh, no, oh, my God. Okay, the first gig I ever went to was N-Dubs. As crazy as that is, I'm sure it was N-Dubs, right? It was literally N-Dubs, and and me and my friend, it was like somebody who I I, I barely hung around with. I think we went there once, but I think that we just loved N-Dubs so much that we came together from the other side of the school, the other side of the cliques, it's sort of like a dirty little secret we didn't tell anybody <laughs> and we're just like low-key like infrared do you want to buy like end up tickets and we turned up and we had the the time of our lives in secret and basically i think he managed to get a sock signed or something crazy oh wow. uh by dappy which was at, at that point in our lives was like the crowning achievement of everything that was great about life and then that now to me i'm just glad that i didn't get my sock signed because i feel like i couldn't li- i couldn't live with myself if that happened uh but it was fun at the time and um, what was the last gig that you went to the last gig i went to was cage the elephant uh leeds uh holly my fiance got me tickets to go uh, for my birthday and it was in february and my the tickets ended up being for the gig in february of like 20 yeah february 2019 i mean just before all this stuff happened uh, I'd been to, I went to LA just before all this stuff happened in January. And then in February, I'm pretty sure I went to see Cage Elephant and it literally was the best gig I've ever been to. And, and that was amazing. And um, what was your first job? My first job was, yeah, my first job actually was, uh, I, I worked in, because uh, I'm a massive football fan and I'm a massive Man City fan. And I ended up having my dream job of working in the Man City store and being oh, surrounded wow. by Man City fans, like serving Man City fans. And I was like printing the shirts and everything. And that was like my dream. It still is my favorite job. It, it's yeah. definitely more, it's definitely more, it, it, I think it's more favorable than being a musician, which is really my <laughs> dream job. Um, but I, I really had a fun time. I was 16. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I was 18. I went to university. I got a job uh, working in a Man City shop. And yeah, I remember that was just a great time all around. What was your best birthday? Damn. You know what? The craziest thing, I think the best birthday that I ever had was last year in lockdown yeah. in the craziest sense because I think that every other birthday I had was just me like being sloshed somewhere like you know after like <laughs> going to a pub and like probably having like 25 pints or something crazy <laughs> and like crawl into the next place and then like you know I don't know being sick was like the crowning achievement like way you've reached the top you know you've hit the mark you're finally you're thrown up you're having the best time you're being sick and I think that and I think that actually just being inside uh, with my family and uh, yeah, I just had the freaking best time. I made ramen, you know, I got a presents that I never expected to get. I think uh, the most revolutionary present was I like to watch loads of uh, movies or anime on my phone when I'm in bed at night. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like turned over and I'm like, I'm holding my phone like this. But uh, Holly managed to find me like an arm that I could attach to the side of the, oh, uh, like the wow. bed frame that like bends over with a clip, <laughs> so I can just clip my phone into it. Literally life changing. So, I, I, so I'm literally like uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm like Mr. Krabs or something like a granddad <laughs> Mr. Krabs. I, I feel like I now have this little like hairnet thing that I wear and a, a, a and a sleep mask that says Tranquil AF. 
and this little arm that plays all my anime. So I just literally feel like I'm a changed person. Like I, I used to enjoy like, you know, going to Dublin and seeing how many times I can like trash my liver over and over. And then I had the best time making ramen and watching anime in bed. So yeah, that's me now. What's your favourite film? Um, okay, favourite film. I, I have to say like horrors aside because like I love horror too much to like, that's a question in and itself. But I feel like my favourite film has to be either Old Boy or Parasite. I think one of those two, both South Korean movies that I love. And if you haven't seen them, you should watch them because they're great. I haven't seen it. Are they on Netflix? Uh, I, th- I think Parasite is on. Uh, Parasite is on. It might be on Prime now, or it might oh, be on yeah. Netflix. I'm not sure, but it is on one of them. But that's basically the movie that beat Joker to the Oscar, uh, and there was oh. all this hoo-ha about it because yeah. it, it was the first. It, it, it was the first non uh, non English speaking film to win an Oscar. And everybody was in uproar, you know, like America, you know, like why, why is a, you know, a foreign language film winning the Oscar? But it's great. You have to see it. I'd say it's on Prime or Netflix, but yeah, I love that film. I'll check that out. I'll check that out. And finally, what do you want to achieve this year aside from music? Uh, well, I would like to learn eight different languages. I would like to make a red uh, velvet cake. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I think that, yeah, this year I would like to... I, th- I think, to be honest, like, all that anybody can ask for right now, I think I'd seen it somewhere on some cringy meme quote, you know, somewhere on the internet that was kind of like, uh, like a, a healthy man has a million wishes, mm. but a sick man has one wish. And I think that, to be honest, I I just hope that me and my family and, and kind of like, you know, everybody that I know kind of gets through this thing as, as safe as possible. I think every other sort of, like, ambition of mine or dream or whatever... Mm-hmm. Um, is on hold until we kind of get through this thing because right now it just feels like anybody can be taken at any moment uh, with yeah. this illness and that is scary and I think that you know um, yeah I just hope that you know I hope that everybody's safe and well and gets through this thing as quick as possible uh, and yeah that just you know the anime studios keep the anime coming in uh, in, in lockdown because that's that is like water in the desert right now I'd say <laughs> Cool. So, um, also, is there a song you want to request for on the show? Yeah, okay, a song I'd like to read. Okay, yeah, it definitely has to be, given everything I've said, given, you know, all the, you know, philosophical rambling or talk about meaning and blah, blah. It's got to be 50 Cent in the club. Like, everybody loves 50 Cent in the club. Like, it can't be be wrong. I think that has to be, like, everybody's got to put their, you know, raise their glasses up, pinkies up, you know, lockdown, go, go. Go, you know, that kind of vibe's got to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, 50 Cent in the Club is my request. Thanks very much. I'll get that on for you. And if people want to hear more from you and that, where can they find you? Okay, so if people want to hear more from me, uh, plug, 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 they can uh, find me at Dylan Cartlidge Music on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and yeah pretty much anything else you'll, you'll find me anywhere i'm kind of like uh i don't know i'm kind of like green mold and, and like not the good kind just like you know <laughs> where you least expect me that's where i am <laughs> all right that's great thanks so much for talking to me thanks for coming on it's been a pleasure no problem uh absolute pleasure as well uh, thank you bex uh, enjoy the rest of your lockdown and yeah thank you very much for your time so there we have it the very first episode of off the record Thank you so much to Dylan for being my guest on this show. It was fascinating to talk to you. Do go and check out his brand new single, Molasses, is available to buy and stream now. I've been Rebecca Ferrey, and join me next time when my guests will be one of the brightest new bands coming out of Australia. They are Jet City Sports Club, and they will be talking to me all about their brand new single.